Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 226 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, PT. Today, we're going to be talking about recognizing and managing brachial plexus injuries. We're going to be talking about which nerves are involved in a brachial plexus injury. We'll go over some of the signs and symptoms some of the most common causes, and we'll discuss a little bit of the management of these patients who have brachial plexus injuries. But before we get started, I'd just like to take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. At MedCorp Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedCorpro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCore. And we keep you moving forward. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge. Harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes, MedBridge delivers over 2,000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises available whenever you need them from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription. Ah, welcome back, everyone. Hello, I hope everyone is doing well today. Um, you know, I often wish that these could be like live sessions because it'd be so great to just chat back and forth, ask questions, answer questions, and just kind of, you know, bounce things off of each other. I think that's really the most productive way to, to learn. Uh, and, um, if this is something that interests you, you know, having some sort of like a live format or something like that, or maybe a live stream, um, Go to the links in the show notes, and I have a contact section there where you can just kind of click on it. It'll take you to my email. Just send me an email that says, go live. And, uh, you know, depending on what we have for interest, uh, we may try something at some point in the future where we can just a bunch of us get on and, and pick a topic or two and just have all kinds of discussions about, you know, how to evaluate and manage these particular situations better. Um, so just something to think about, but uh, please do that. You know, if you're in the process of doing a rating and review or anything like that, or you're even going just through the list just to see some of the videos that we have that are associated to the podcast, um, click on that. And again, just put go live and, uh, I'll see what I can do. Well, you know, why did I think about doing brachial plexus injuries? Well, to be honest with you, I just had my second shingles vaccine yesterday and it is kicking my butt. Um, I had like a massive headache last night. My arm is obviously sore, but my plexus is also sore, not only on the affected side, but also on the opposite side. And this did this during my first vaccine also. And um, definitely wanted to get my vaccination for shingles only because I've just seen the devastation it causes to so many people out there. And so um, uh, um, it's not really a grand old day today. I just kind of took it easy. And uh, this came to mind. I was thinking to myself, you know what? We haven't really talked about brachial plexus. And probably one of the reasons we haven't is because it is so complex. Um, um, 
you know, hey, we, we do semesters on understanding neurology and, and uh, neural related symptoms and problems and injuries and that type of thing. So it can be very complex. Um, you know, so this t this is a tough topic today, but I do want to keep it as simple as possible. We're going to talk about recognizing a brachial plexus injury um, or or issue, and we'll talk about uh, managing it and not necessarily just treating it. Now, you'll you'll notice that I use the word managing a lot because there are often situations where I think that we should not treat patients, okay? I had a patient come in the other day, and she was having severe radiculopathy down her arm. She'd been having it for five months. She was in acute distress. I tested her out. She had um, no tricep strength and no tricep reflex. She had a positive Sperling's test. She had a little bit of relief with traction. She'd undergone a course of treatment and therapy and chiropractic treatment and self-treatment for four to five months and just really did not respond, but was obviously you know, having a significant loss of quality of life. And that is not the type of patient I'm going to bring into the clinic and start treating. Um, this lady needs surgical decompression, and we we got an MRI, communicated with her neurosurgeon. They're going to be taking care of this problem. And, you know, we don't want to beat a dead horse, and uh, I think it's more important to make sure that we don't end up with some permanent nerve damage issues. So um, that's what we'll kind of talk about today is, you know, more recognition. But let's just start off with, you know, what the brachial plexus is. So first of all, it's, it's this group of nerves, basically from C5 to T1. And the, the plexus starts, if you were to, to go from proximal to distal, it starts at the nerve roots or the spinal nerves, turns into the trunks and division. Are you all having nightmares of, of going back to school and studying neuro? Um, those divisions turn into cords, and then it finishes up into the branches. It, that segment of that uh, part of your nervous system is called the brachial plexus. And, um, you know, basically the brachial plexus starts at the uh, cervical spinal cord. It comes anteriorly and inferiorly down underneath the clavicle to the anterior shoulder, axillary region, and then starts to, you know, branch off into the arm to take care of, you know, sensory um, and, and motor function in your arm. Okay. So, you know, brachial plexus problems can, can be anything, you know, and can be caused by anything from motorcycle accidents to um, throwing a ball too hard, maybe inappropriately using crutches or developing, you know, Saturday night palsy or whatever it might be. Um, but usually there's some sort of a tr traction, not attraction, a traction, um, you know, in the picture. And although direct trauma, you know, to the plexus can also occur, you know, such as a gunshot wound or a knife uh, wound or, you know, a stabbing or something like that, um, you know, a, a direct blow to the plexus, um, that happens also. But I generally see this more with people who end up with some sort of a traction problem. Um, so this damage to the plexus can cause loss of strength, loss of sensation. Um, they can have, you know, paralysis they could have issues from the shoulder all the way down to the fingers from complete like flail arm where nothing is working to just certain parts of the arm that are working. So damage to the plexus can, can vary significantly and you need to remember that. The mechanism of injury is usually like a lateral flexion of the neck and attraction to the arm. Okay, so let's use this as an example. Let's say that... Um, uh, the left shoulder is dropped down while the cervical spine is laterally flexed to the right side, such as people who are playing soccer and, you know, that classic position where you, 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 um, 
dislocate your AC joint or separate your AC joint. It's kind of like that classic neck goes to the opposite direction that the shoulder goes in. Um, sometimes it could be, you know, slip off a ladder, grab onto the gutter and hang there. It could be that type of um, injury. So that it could vary, you know, significantly. So let's talk about like the different types of brachial plexus um, issues that we can see. Now, the first one is the simple kind of stretch to the plexus, okay, which is the most common one that I see. Now, to be totally honest with you, you see different types of plexus injuries in different parts of the world. Like in northern Maine here, you know, people don't get shot. We just don't see that almost ever. And um, so that's not a common mechanism. Um, but one of the mechanisms I see uh, more often would be like a, a nurse or a CNA who is walking with a patient. And that patient suddenly uh, gives way and the legs give out and the, the nurse or the CNA try to hold that person up and the arm becomes tractioned down away from the body and they could develop what looks like a shoulder injury or cervical spine injury, but it's actually a traction of the plexus. Okay, um, And so those are kind of the types that I see much more, although we have seen some other traumatic injuries. Um, you know, snowmobile injuries are more common up here and uh, motor vehicle injuries and uh, that type of thing. You'll also see this type of simple stretching type of injury in that younger person who maybe or doesn't have to be young, could be anybody who would just overthrows a ball. You know, you've heard of the stinger that you get when you just kind of throw and the arm kind of goes away from the body, probably a little bit hard. Maybe they have poor technique and it makes like the whole arm tingly. It can be pretty painful and that's called the stinger. So any of those simple stretch type of activities um, can be a cause. Now, the real severe one here is the avulsion, okay, where the nerve roots are literally torn away from the spinal cord. This is usually some sort of a traumatic motor vehicle, motorcycle, snowmobile accident, um, where those nerve roots are just pulled away from the spinal cord. Um, these uh, can be permanent. You can have permanent weakness, paralysis, uh, nerve damage, oftentimes uh, super, super hard to treat. And as a therapist, uh, either PT or OT, you know, your job really is to, you know, make how can you make that patient as functional as possible when they have these types of injuries, uh, you know, and trying to protect the arm um, and, uh, you know, trying to utilize it as best as you can with what you have. And then the other type of injury is a tear or a rupture to the nerve itself. You can have like a partial or a, a full tear to, um, you know, that that uh, nerve itself, not necessarily at the root, but further down uh, in the trunks, divisions, branches, or wherever, anything distal to those roots. Uh, and sometimes these can be fixed surgically, and uh, that has to be done by folks who just do this type of stuff. So what are some of the most common signs and symptoms? And I'm going to I'm gonna give you these, and you're going to kind of chuckle because um, you're going to be like, yeah, duh, no, you know, we know that this happens when you have nerve injuries. But I'm going to jump into something else right after that um, and explain to you other things that can make you be suspicious of a um, brachial plexus injury. So, you know, your most common symptoms are weakness, loss of sensation, numbness, you could have complete paralysis, so zero strength whatsoever. And, you know, most oftentimes, obviously, pain um, can be part of this whole process. Um, so 
What is most important here is early recognition of a plexus injury. Okay, so if this is a traumatic injury, there is obvious paralysis. Patient can't lift their arm, they can't flex the elbow, they can't, you know, extend the wrist or something like that, and there's significant numbness. These folks need to be managed by neurologists, neurosurgeons, um, physiatrists, somebody who can um, ultimately, you know, do some uh, neurodiagnostic testing, such as EMGs or nerve conduction velocities, and do a very comprehensive evaluation. The, the plexus is very, very difficult, and um, it, it's it's also quite difficult to try to identify exactly where the lesion is because these things are oftentimes so traumatic. Um, you know, and there's a lot of swelling involved, a lot of inflammation involved, and uh, so trying to manage that all to help take pressure off that nerve is also going to be very important. Um, so if you see that, they really need to be off to a specialist. If it is a mild to moderate, you know, maybe traction type type of injury, um, you know, you, you fell and you were hanging from something with the arm, the arm goes up overhead, or uh, maybe you spent a little too much time on the crutches in the armpit, or that patient fell and, and traction the arm. Um, but it, it's not, you know, paralyzing, but it's weak. Maybe there's a lot of paresthesia and pain associated with it because nerve pain is, it can be awful. Um, these uh, get missed a lot, okay? We sometimes think that these are cervical herniated discs, um, or they may look like carpal tunnel syndrome or cubital tunnel, uh, you know, and, and they can kind of present themselves like that. So you want to make sure that um, you identify if this is a peripheral nerve injury and or a brachial plexus type of issue. So obtaining that EMG nerve conduction velocity can be really helpful in localizing the lesion. Um, from speaking to physiatrists and, and neurologists, it seems like doing these tests on people within a three to four week period from the time their injury is usually not very helpful. Um, for some reason, physiologically, uh, they should wait a little bit more before getting these tests done. Um, so you manage a lot of these symptoms and uh, you try to decrease that inflammation. I've seen people do really well with things like, um, you know, a steroid and uh, sometimes, you know, those nerve reducing uh, pain medications like uh, Neurontin, Gabapentin, Lyrica, those types of things, um, these folks can do well with. So what I want to do now is, is give you some tips here because, like I said, we could talk all day long about brachial plexus. It's very, very complex. But I, I really wanted to talk today about how to recognize it and how to manage it. So tip number one. If you see your patient and you're trying to identify if this is a cervical spine lesion or brachial plexus or a distal peripheral problem and you traction the cervical spine, remember this, that 95 plus percent of your patients who have a cervical spine injury, it doesn't matter if it's um, a herniated disc, if it's a facet syndrome, if it's degenerative disc disease. Arthritis, these people do well with traction. They love traction. You're just offloading all that stuff, okay? Because that 10 to 14 pound melon on top of your neck all day long compresses uh, everything and just causes that constant, you know, irritation. So when you take that and traction that patient very lightly manually, they should do better, right? But with people with plexus injuries, if you traction them and they start to develop a significant pain down the arm or you even tilt them to the opposite side of the of the radiculopathy and it gets worse, you need to be thinking plexus, okay? So if you traction somebody and they're getting more radiculopathy, think plexus. Tip number two, 
don't, and I repeat, don't overstretch the plexus, okay? Don't do a lot of reaching activities. Don't think that you're going to stretch the plexus really hard and make that feel better, okay? Nerves get you know, tweaked really, really easily and they can get inflamed really easily and people can get significantly worse if you overstretch an irritated nerve, especially in the plexus. So do not overstretch the plexus. Tip number three, be patient when treating these folks, okay? Nerves heal very, very slowly. They're not like skin cells. They don't They don't have skin cells. They don't have bone cells that heal up really, really quickly. Um, these cells are more permanent, and they can take a long time to get better. Plexus injuries can take up to two years to improve. Um, so being patient and measuring improvement and uh, trying to meet reasonable goals with your patients is going to be really number one. Um, and if you can do that, um, these can be very, very rewarding to treat. Um, very difficult, but very rewarding if, uh, you know, if they get better over time. So remember, if the shoulder is not moving for a long time also, you're going to lose neural mobility. And um, I have videos, I'll link them all, you know, ulnar nerve gliding, median nerve gliding, radial nerve gliding. Um, you know, ultimately these people need to have the ability for the nerves to slide and glide amongst the soft tissues really well, but you have to do this very, very gently. And Take this into consideration. You know, people who have a rotator cuff uh, repairs, adhesive capsulitis, maybe a fractured shoulder, and they've been in a sling for a long time. Well, guess what? Those nerves are not gliding and sliding very well. So as you start to treat them, you're going to notice that as you start to work on increasing their range of motion, they may complain of like shooting pain down into the fingers. They may get some paresthesia, a little tingling in the arm. And um, you're like, well, what's that all about? You know, typically shoulder problems isolated shoulder problems don't give you any problem down below the elbow but if it does you need to be thinking that you know those nerves are just not gliding very well so you want to put them on a neural mobility program and do some of the nerve gliding activities and I'll tell you I have some great <clears throat> excuse me some great success with um, nerve sliding and gliding exercises but you got to be patient you've got to do them slowly Whew, wow the nervous system is crazy. Um, you know, it's it's difficult. It's complex. Um, you know, I, I hope that you were able to take away just a few pointers today to help recognize and better manage your brachial plexus injuries. Um, folks, I know this is a little bit longer today, um, but uh, I'm passionate about what I do. I love doing this. Um, and again, if you want to do some live stuff with me, let me know and uh, we'll see what we can do. And again, folks, take care and be kind to each other. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.